0: I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C.
1: You know who it is, Travis
0: Thomas Experience. This is Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports.
1: This is Mitch Tischler.
0: This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. All right, this is The Big Douglas Show, and my guest today from the Tay and Todd podcast is Todd Pascal. How are you, my friend?
1: I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me, Doug. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. I'm excited about this. So tell me a little bit about how the podcast got started, how y'all met, how long. I know the YouTube channel is looking real lovely. How long have you been at that as well?
1: So the podcast started May 2020. It was kind of one of those things where COVID kind of caused it to actually happen. Like the idea didn't come because of COVID, but sitting at home caused it to happen. So uh, me and Tay met maybe back in 2015 or so, actually at church, and then came to found out came to find out he was as crazy a fan as I was about the Redskins at the time, which he was the only one I knew like that. And so we connected, we bonded over that. We would always talk about it. And then we were like, hey, we should start a podcast. And then finally, when we had nothing else to do, that's when we actually did it. So that was uh, that was cool, obviously. And then the YouTube started during the season, just with doing like quarterback breakdowns. Because I know when as a fan for years, I've always loved to see what could have happened or what could have been or what should have been after the games especially from the quarterback position and then so now having access to that film and then uh, just kind of having a passion for it just started doing that and then and then months later we actually started putting our podcast on there too because there are advantages to that too so it's kind of all happened you know not all at the same time but uh, but it's going well and I like it
0: the the production is really nice Who's in charge of the graphics somebody's got to be good at computer stuff (laughs)
1: <laughs> I appreciate that. I actually do that stuff, so thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. I put way more time and thought into it than I should. Like I, I get mad at myself sometimes because I just want to stop, but I can be a perfectionist. So I appreciate that because it, it kind of gratifies all the time I work.
0: The guest list is also nice. He's in charge of tracking us down.
1: Uh, that's kind of a team effort. We kind of we kind of work on that. We tag team it, and you know, with the guest list, we're really just trying to be like you. So that's you know that's we're trying to keep pace with. <laughs> yeah, I
0: appreciate that. Uh, okay, well, let's get into it. Training camps just around the corner. They said the other day the stuff with COVID is really interesting. As things ramp up, they had obviously they're not going to tell folks they have to get uh, vaccinated, but the idea that it will give an advantage to those that are vaccinated. What do you think uh, about what the NFL is trying to do as far as keeping the, the, the season on track?
1: Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's very interesting. You know, the thing about it is as an NFL player or coach or anyone in there, it's one of those jobs where really you can't telecommute, right? I mean, you can do meetings on Zoom and all that. You can practice by yourself, but when it comes down to it, you got to be around people. And it's everyone's decision but it makes sense to me that in a, a workforce where you are forced to be around people and, and the players are young, but the coaches oftentimes are can be on the older side. So you can be around high risk uh, individuals. It makes sense to not force it because you kind of, you know, it's tough to really force it, but to really encourage it as much as you can. Uh, and they're definitely towing the line with forcing it and just, you know, they're, they're not forcing it, but they're saying, if you don't do it, then all this bad stuff can happen. But there's other situations where that kind of is happening, right? If you're a teacher at in certain places, that's the case. If you have other professions, if you work in a hospital or, you know, there's other professions where they can't make you, but they kind of really, really encourage you to do it because of your line of work. And so, I don't know. I mean, it kind of makes sense to me for the NFL to just, they're trying to avoid all the potential problems of last year. And so it makes sense for me, for them to not make you do anything, but say, hey, if your team does this, then, you know, all these restrictions that don't exist in the real world for people who have the vaccine, they won't exist here. And then, and then it's the other way around if you don't have it. So it makes sense to me, but I don't know. It's a touchy subject.
0: For Washington Montez, obviously is the big name guy like that's not Mm going to get cut, but do you think that it will trickle down to say, (laughs) you know, fringe roster bubble guys where it's like, Hey, listen, i got to go with the guy that's, i because I know he's going to be on the roster.
1: Right. I think, I think in some ways it kind of will, right. I think it's someone who, like you said, is on the bubble and it's between him and one other player and they're kind of even, and that could be the one thing that kind of sets you over the edge where you say with this guy, we won't have to worry about that. He helps us get to that. I think 85% and this guy is not. So I think it will for some of those French players. I think it could potentially uh, play a factor.
0: The other thing I think is interesting, and and I'm not sure where I saw it from, Uh, somebody, I think, wrote it for the team, but at any rate, there will be much more stringent guidelines on non-vaxxed players, like, say, in the weight room. Right. Right. So you got to wait until all the vaxxed guys are out (laughs) and you got to go in on a tiny corner with only equipment that the non-vax, and that's the unfortunate thing is, right, we're going to start referring to people as, like, vaxed and non-vaxed Yeah, yeah. But that's, but, so, it's also going to be, like, you're not going to be able to get around the other guys as much, it'll be interesting, you'll be kind of relegated to some different stuff, so I wonder when players get in and actually see what the quote-unquote advantages of being vaccinated are, won't make them think twice about, you know, maybe, all right, go ahead. And, as uh, front of the show, George Foster said, and I appreciated this, mm. he said, listen, if you've ever been given a tour shot and didn't complain, then please miss <laughs> I saw that. complaining about this particular shot. <laughs> I know? saw
1: that, yeah. <laughs> I
0: find it very interesting what guys are complaining about and what they won't complain about, yeah. but, but uh, it'll be interesting. I'm also, I was also surprised on the Washington side, you know, Washington, one of the lowest rates of vaccination as of last week, yeah. now that might have been changed, but also, was I think the best in the league, as far as guys getting COVID last year. So yeah, really yeah. odd dynamic that's going on there as well. Uh, yeah, it is. How long does it take to put together those YouTube study um, clips that you guys do?
1: Like the the breakdowns. Yeah. Right. Um, so, okay. So the quarterback ones, cause those, I just, I'm the type of person where I like to kind of see everything. And so those ones I'm doing every passing attempt, well, actually every drop back, including like sacks and stuff. Those ones can take like three hours to actually do the recording. The The production after the recording is pretty easy. You just drop it all in there and there's a template for everything else. So that one though can, can take like three hours and game pass usually, is there's probably available. It's usually available at a weird time. So I'm usually doing it at like 2 a.m. Uh, the shorter ones, the quicker ones, like the Cameron Curl, the Gibson, those maybe an hour. And then again, once I record, it's pretty easy to just produce it and upload it. So on average, the most of them are about an hour. The quarterback ones are
0: are longer. I've got here, I thought this was an interesting thing that we could do today. Jalen Morgan has the uh bleeding BNG. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know yep. if you're familiar with him on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, he's been, I... he's been putting out these prediction um, mm-hmm. pictures. So I've got him here. He sent them to me into in an email, and I thought oh, we'd yeah. just start at the beginning. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's got it, and we've got to remember 17 games this year, so these they're all right. a little inflated, probably from what most people would think compared to the right. regular season. He's got Fitzpatrick at 4,625 passing yards, 36 touchdowns, and 18 interceptions. (laughs) Now, one, that means he's got Fitz playing every game of the season. Right. I do, too. What say you?
1: And playing every game, as much as I want him to, I have to look at every year since 2018 and say, I just don't see how it could happen just because they've started like 12 quarterbacks in the last three years. I think you'll play most of the season. Say that
0: again. This particular franchise you're talking about. has it. Yeah, I'm talking to,
1: yes. Ever since, ever since Alex Smith got hurt, 2018, 2019, 2020, they've started, if I'm not mistaken, three or four quarterbacks each season. So, and so since there's still uncertainty ever since Kirk Cousins left, I'm going to say no, but
0: I hope he does. So, this 4,625 passing yards, you like that number? Even if you don't got fits playing each game and you right, right. drop off is not significant from him mm-hmm. to Hayek or, or Allen. Right. Quickly, it, are you surprised? I mean, Coach doesn't even mention Allen anymore. Like they yeah, traded a I... draft pick for Kyle Allen. And when you ask him about quarterbacks, any kind of competition, which again, there's no competition, but it's between him and Heineke. That surprise you. It kind of
1: does. Uh, and I maybe it's just a recency bias sort of thing. And also it maybe it's because Kyle Allen is hurt, but I think he's gonna be fine by camp. I think he's fine now, honestly. So I am kind of surprised. I think we've seen where they try to do a three-quarterback competition that doesn't really work. So I think they got to the point this offseason, sometime they decided they were going if they wanted to have any sort of quote unquote competition, it had to be two. Fitzpatrick and Heineke or Fitzpatrick and, Allen, and I guess they just decided on Heineke maybe they know more about Allen and they know Allen is you know a really good backup and can start if needed to and with Heineke they want to see so that's all I can think of I am kind of surprised though uh,
0: I do think that that is fair if they if they now believe Kyle Allen is strictly backup quality mm-hmm. backup material and you think yeah. that Heineke may have a higher ceiling I get that right. but it's interesting uh, back it to is. this 4600 though. What do you think about that number?
1: 4600. I think that'd be fantastic. I think it's a little high. Jalen is a friend. <laughs> um, right. I think I would I would be in the 42 to 4300 range. Uh, Kirk Cousins is the only one since I don't know when who's thrown for 4600 or more with Jay Gruden, who famously loved to throw the ball, which I think Scott Turner does. But I think it's I think it's a little high. Yeah
0: uh and he's got 36 touchdowns
1: Mm. (laughs) who was it that just said that 1967 i think was the last time a washington football team quarterback threw for over 30 touchdowns uh i also think that that's kind of high i could see 30 though i could see 30
0: i've been around right around 45 and 32 myself
1: okay okay got you got you and
0: and then and the numbers the numbers are interesting for Washington history because really you had guys that wanted to pound the rock and run the football. And then by the time Jay Gruden got here, really wanted to throw the ball down the field. Kirk, (laughs) I I, I like Kirk and and I wish they had paid him. He stayed, but he wasn't Ryan Fitzpatrick either. You know what I mean? No, he was. Ryan Fitzpatrick is here because of his willingness to push the ball down the field.
1: Yeah, I agree. And it's it's interesting because I don't know if we really know what Scott Turner's offense is really like with a quarterback that he really wants, you know. So I, I think we may find out this year
0: with Fitzpatrick, like you said, or, downfield. or, that, or that plays more than one or two games, because I, I really do <laughs> think that they were high on Kyle Allen last year and wanted him mm-hmm. to succeed. Yeah, yeah she played yeah. fairly well before he got hurt. He did. Just he did, another yeah. guy that can't stay off the field. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Thirty-six touchdowns, and eighteen interceptions is the ratio for success, though. <laughs> one for one, two for one. <laughs> he's got. Uh, let's see. He's got Antonio Gibson. Does it concern you that the, that he's still talking about the toe?
1: It actually does. I think I'm typically more prone to worry with injuries, uh, so it does kind of worry me. Yes, does it worry you?
0: Well, I was talking to my brother about this the other day. The only reason that it doesn't concern me, and it, and it theoretically does concern me, they didn't do anything about the position. Yeah. You yeah, know what I yeah. mean? like yeah, If they true. knew something about that toe <laughs> that we didn't, I would have hoped that they'd have done something more than right. Jerry Patterson. Not right, that right. I don't like Patterson. I do, and I think they like him real well, too. But again, yep. if you were nervous, they could have spent one of the thirds, a fifth, they yeah. they drafted a long snapper, right? So I mean, <laughs> they, they, I'm sure there was a uh, a, yeah. a running back there that they that they could have picked if they really were extra concerned about it. So that is That's my only uh, hope is that they didn't find it concerning at all. That's well, you like point. Patterson? You think he's got a better chance to make the roster? Or go straight to the uh, to the uh, practice squad.
1: I think practice squad. I think we'll see him on the roster at some point, though.
0: I do it's like him. interesting though. though because the practice squad rules are different. I keep trying to convince myself of this. So, like mm-hmm. a guy like Peyton Barber doesn't have to make the roster, right? Like he can go to the practice right. squad where he yeah. had done that a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, right. It's kind. He's of got Gibson at eleven hundred and fifty rushing yards, four hundred and fifty receiving yards, and seventeen total touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Let's start with the rushing yards. Eleven fifty is about what he was on pace for last year.
1: Yeah. That's what I was going to say. If he stayed healthy last year, he could have hit that, and that's with him splitting time early in the season with Peyton Barber and J.D. McKissick. So if that turf does not an issue, if he stays healthy for, and and for 17 games, I think, he could, I think he surpasses 11.50 rushing.
0: I extrapolated the number out for last year, and, I mean, he was on rookie of the year pace, mm-hmm. even with yeah. as well as the kid from uh, Minnesota did. I, it was yeah. close to like 15 or 1600 total yards. He was on right, baseball right, last year. Right. And, uh, 17 touchdowns is a teddy a game.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's some kind of trophy, some kind of award. If he gets 17 touchdowns, if you split, okay. So we had 11 last year rushing, right? Again, missed some games, wasn't getting those short yardage carries early on. And then if they do actually include him as more of a receiving threat, cause I don't, I don't think he had any receiving touchdowns last year. If I'm not mistaken, maybe he did, but I don't think he did. So, if you combine the two, I could see how it's possible again over the course. If they use him as a like the weapon on offense, then sure, I could see 17 touchdowns. But that would be that'd be phenomenal.
0: It, it'd be a big it'd be a big big year. <laughs> yeah, big, that's big, a Pro
1: Bowl big. season for sure.
0: You've got McKissick at 300 rushing yards, 325 receiving yards, and four touchdowns.
1: Yeah, I like that.
0: 80 receptions for McKissick last year. I say it every episode because I think it's (laughs) incredible. (laughs) Obviously, it's not going to get 80 again this year, but it just – No. Astonishes me every time I think about it.
1: Yeah, I was looking at – I think some – I was looking at receiving leaders or reception leaders, and I I saw that. I had forgotten, and I remembered. 80 is insane. So, Yeah, he's
0: more receptions than Terry.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. And i that's probably half. You look at Christian McCaffrey and what he would always have, but I think it also kind of speaks to your quarterbacks and, and the check-down nature of the quarterbacks that you had to. Uh, 80 receptions for running back I think is not ideal. I think you want more receivers to have those receptions.
0: It, it is Roy Hallu-esque.
1: <laughs> right, right, exactly.
0: Very and, and to your point, I think, I don't know if you saw this the other day, but Alex Smith led the league. In uh, passes on third down short of the sticks, so <laughs> kind of why you can not, <laughs> expect why there were so many of these. Uh, you know, yeah.
1: Jaden McKissick loved it though, I'm sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no doubt, yeah, no doubt. So the 300 rushing and 300 receiving seems reasonable,
1: it seems pretty fair, yeah. I think that's good backup production.
0: Peyton Barber is more explosive through the hole than I realized. I've seen a bunch of cut-ups over the, uh, the offseason. I'm a little bit more surprised at how explosive he looked on tape.
1: Mm, yeah, he had a couple good runs. He's definitely good in those short yardage situations.
0: He's got Terry with 105 receptions, 1,325 receiving yards, and nine touchdowns.
1: Again, over 17 healthy games with with Fitzpatrick or maybe not even all with Fitzpatrick with any of these quarterbacks. I, I can agree with that. I think I can agree with that. They're going to throw the ball more and I think Terry will be targeted more.
0: I had Kevin Cole on from PFF the other day and I was asking Mm -hmm. him, you know, when you bring on all these other weapons, there is like mixed belief, at least fantasy wise. Does that, does that affect a guy like Terry? You know, there's more Mm -hmm. options to go around. The numbers kind of, and and I always was like it's got to right. I mean, how else can it not? And, yeah, he kind of said yeah. the same thing. But there are numbers in math to support the fact that it it, it doesn't. It, it guys like Terry just get open and catch mm-hmm. balls, and yeah. guys like Fitzpatrick make sure that he gets them. So yeah, I think that. Well, listen, if the quarterback's going to get to 4,600 yards, then there's a good yeah. chance that he's going to get over a <laughs> thousand. Definitely. When is the last time a Washington receiver had over a thousand receiving yards? Looking that up, I should look that up.
1: Uh, Garcon and Deshaun both had a thousand in it was oh, one I season with Kirk.
0: Kirk. Okay. Yeah,
1: 15 or 16. They both, I remember we had 2,000 yard receivers. It was incredible. Probably this season, Kirk threw for 4,900 yards. Right. So maybe 2016.
0: That's not yeah, that 2016 year was big, right? Yeah. Uh and he's got he's got Curtis Samuel with 80 receptions, 920 receiving yards. He's got 325 rushing yards for Samuel yeah. and 10 touchdowns. Yeah, Samuel's is an interesting case. Yeah. He actually if, if you go all the way back to Ohio State, he lined up outside quite a bit more than I think people realized. Yeah. And I think it was when he was with uh, nor they lined him upside outside a good bit. And then yeah. last year, of course, in the offense, they were putting him in the slot, moving them all around. Right, right. What do you think? And, and again, we don't know. And, and to your point earlier, it'll be interesting to see what Turner does because national guys are high on his IQ and what the offense can look like and are quick mm-hmm. to remind you that what, I mean, what do we know about what he can do? Because look at the quarterback play last year. What do you think Samuels succeeds best in the role? What do you think they'll actually do with him?
1: I think that he will be used in terms of all over the field, like last season, but I think he will be used not just primarily as a slot guy when he's lined up at receiver. I I don't, I don't think they view him as just a slot. I don't view him as just a slot. Uh, I think in, I think in three wide receiver sets, I think, you'll either see some combination of Terry Samuel outside and Humphreys inside or Terry Brown outside and Samuel inside. And I think that's kind of good. It gives you that uh, versatility where Samuel can be your inside and your outside, but Humphreys is more of an inside and Dami Brown is more of an outside. So I think he's to, I think he's going to do it all, but I, I don't, I think he'll probably have a pretty uh, even split of time lined up in the slot and outside. And I think he can do both really well. There's numbers, there's numbers to back that up. Michael, I don't I don't know how to pronounce his last name, Haas, I assume H A A S, but uh, okay, he uh, he, yeah, he yeah, yes. right. He provides numbers showing of his production outside, not just in the slot. So I think he's gonna do a fair bit of both. I don't think he's gonna be the exclusive slot guy.
0: And they tried to move Terry around a lot more like that last year.
1: Right, right.
0: And get him into the slot and in different uh winning positions. Yeah, so I, yeah. uh, to me, the offense will be interesting because I'm not sure we really know what they want it to yeah. look like. Because no, they didn't so. have they just they didn't have these kind of weapons last year. I mean, when's the that right. that 2016 year year you're talking about with Jordan Reed at tight end, I think mm-hmm. that collection of weapons. Might be better than what we have right now, but but it's yeah. close, and it's certainly the closest we've had to that,
1: for sure, for sure. And then I I'm watching back last season, and just week three of Cleveland, they had Dwayne Haskins at quarterback, Gibson first year running back, Logan Thomas first year tight end, Gandy Golden, Isaiah Wright, Dontrell Inman Terry McLaurin. So yeah, we don't know what this offense is going to look like this year.
0: There's no doubt. All right, he's got Deami Brown at forty receptions, six hundred twenty-five yards, and four touchdowns. <laughs> which means he thinks that Diane needs get – I mean, that's a lot of snaps.
1: Yeah, yeah. I You look at the, the – I mean, it was kind of out of necessity, but they played their young guys last year, especially at receiver, and they like to play their young guys. And then they took Brown in the third round to, I think, specifically fill a void that was missing, which is a deep threat. So I think he's going to get a lot of snaps, and it'll really just be about the quarterback giving him those opportunities. And Ryan Fitzpatrick is the guy to do that.
0: Your comment there about the young guys playing last year is why I continue to say I have a hard time seeing Adam Humphreys making the roster unless mm. it's Fitzpatrick saying <laughs> that's my guy and I want him on the team. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think staff and organization has shown you since they've been here, if it's a coin toss, we're going with youth.
1: Yeah. Which I agree, and I've kind of had that same thought. You know, they brought in Isaiah Wright, too. I think he's a guy that they like. They, and then you have Curtis Samuel. And then I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if, if Humphreys – who was the safety? Sean Davis. We thought Sean Davis was starting free safety last year, and they went with Apke and Reeves over him. So I wouldn't be surprised, and I wouldn't be opposed either. I'm, I'm always for going for younger guys who you don't really know what their potential is over guys who are established but kind of Jags. I'm
0: totally with I am totally with you. He's got Adam Humphrey's on the list of 20 receptions, 200 yards and two touchdowns. And again, if that's the kind of production you're looking <laughs> at then I I don't I have got a roster <laughs> spot for somebody younger. I just did. Yeah,
1: yeah. I agree. Uh, <laughs> I agree.
0: <laughs> and then yeah, and he wraps that up with Cam Sims at 20, 275 and four touchdowns. So again, that that 20 receptions for Humphreys is exactly why I've been on the record saying <laughs> Don't count. Up. Don't buy yeah. an Adam Humphreys jersey. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. You Especially they're has. not discounted or anything. I can't recommend <laughs> that.
0: <laughs> That's right. Uh, and finally for the offense, he's got Logan Thomas at 60 receptions, 660 receiving yards and seven touchdowns. And I think that would be pretty close to what he did last year.
1: Yeah. It'd be a pretty close receptions. I think would be slightly lower But uh, I mean, you've added
0: on an extra game, which means that's a regression for Thomas. Do you see a regression for him or a boost? Because the fantasy guys see a boost for Logan Thomas this year.
1: Yeah, I think it's easy to see a boost because, you know, he was really coming along at the first half of the season, you know, and and then everything also again goes back to the quarterback play. And I mean, some of Dwayne Haskins' worst overthrows seem to be to Logan Thomas early on. So, and then also taking the fact that Ryan Fitzpatrick you know, kind of put Mike Gusecki on the map. He likes to throw to that big body tight end and just kind of throw it up there, let him get it. So, yeah, I think if, if Logan Thomas' production were to drop, it would have to do either with Curtis Samuel or with the John Bates, maybe. They didn't have another tight end to throw to last year. Maybe they do this year. So maybe Bates gets a couple hundred yards that Thomas would have had. But other than that, I think he, he should have a bigger year.
0: How do you think they handle that tight end room?
1: I think uh, Thomas and Bates are, are guaranteed. The third one, Samus Ray is, you know, and it was little clips, but he clearly has a lot to learn about the position. I wonder if you can stash him on the practice squad. I wonder if he will get snatched up or not. Um, I, Samus Ray though, isn't much worse than what they
0: had last year, you know? So <laughs> I could see them going with. My with, guy Sprinkle uh, <laughs> just was a continual <laughs> letdown every year. Yeah, I, I yeah. always was high on Sprinkle and.
1: Mm -hmm. Man,
0: it could be this and it could be that right he wasn't he got
1: his chances too he got Jordan Reed got hurt he had his chance and he just kind of showed it wasn't for him so I'm gonna just go ahead I'll say I'll say Thomas uh, Bates and Reyes to be safe because Reyes is a guy you think maybe has upside I don't think anyone else they're worried about upside
0: I think there's a chance they could roll Reyes out there in the red zone. He's six five, has a forty-two inch yeah. vertical, and just say, Yeah, please go jump just high. That's the ball. Yeah, it. yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's not too much to ask. <laughs> no, and, then, and then if he can run routes or block, doesn't too much matter. How yeah. many wide receivers do you think they'll keep on the roster? Because that, that's the other way. When we're talking about Humphreys and Harmon, AGG, I think Milne's got a heck of an opportunity to make the roster mm. right off the jump. Right right how many wide receivers and who
1: yeah Milne is a good name
0: let's not worry with the first four i think we know that
1: right right I, yeah okay um and Milne is a good name if, if Humphreys doesn't make the roster again he, he's the one i was i was forgetting they brought him into uh i think six they kept i think they kept five at the start last year and then and they kind of shifted around i'll say six Cam Sims, I think, is making the roster. They didn't bring him in, but I think he just proved he's a really good uh, depth piece to have a receiver, and he's good at special teams. Uh, And then I think Antonio Gandy-Golden would have to be horrible, absolutely horrible, or get hurt again to not make the roster, because he was drafted in the fourth round by them, and they want to see something from him. So if they go six, I'm I'm thinking the top three, not Humphreys, and then in the back maybe milne i'm gonna just go milne gandy golden and uh cam sims
0: which means harman is out too although i guess how yeah. maybe start the year on the pup i'm not sure exactly yeah what that that's yeah that's like.
1: that is true yeah that which would be good for him but yeah i have harman out at the moment
0: the other interesting one i think is left guard spot
1: right right
0: I would assume Schweitzer starts out. He played well last year. Yeah, The coaching staff has done a good job of showing you if we give you an opportunity and you make the most of it, a la Cam Sims, then yeah. uh, we'll go with you. So I would assume right, that right. he starts there. I've got Eric Flowers as a surprise cut. Mm, okay. <laughs> and they yeah, signed that's, him that's... at $8 million. That was the number that, it, that you looked at. You said, oh, well, yeah. he's the starter the new number is what like two and a half. It's not actually a big number. No, it's so not. So again, if you're going youth, I mean, you've got guys like Sadiq Charles. I mean, we're not sure right. what's happening with the injury there. They were high on him. Right. Uh, so I think that the left guard spot is interesting. What about you?
1: Yeah. I think the idea of Schweitzer starting is solid for sure. He played the most there last year and he played well. Uh Flowers is as a surprise cut actually does. It does make sense because they wouldn't lose really much of anything. Um And they've swapped like seventh round picks for him or something. Right. So Sadiq Charles is, I think a definite going to make the roster. He's in that same boat as AGG to me where they didn't get a chance to see. They got to see. So I think Schweitzer starts. I think flowers could be a surprise cut. I think. I don't necessarily think he will be at the moment, but I like his name on that list as potential surprise cuts. Um, Cause a guy like, I think, what is it? Tyler Larson. He's a, he's another interior guy. They kind of have sitting around who's younger. Maybe, maybe he kind of outshines flowers, but I think Schweitzer and then Sadiq and Eric flowers will be your backup or, or, and then, and then Brandon Sheriff will round out your four guards. That's what I think will happen. Total.
0: Yeah, because they've also the, the backup center that they had, they drafted two years ago, I think plays both guard spots as well. Ishmael. Yeah, Ismail.
1: Right. Ismail, yeah, exactly.
0: So, so. Yeah. and then let's uh quickly I think there's not very many surprises on defense. I think the interesting thing will be how they the shake the safety room shakes out. Right. Who do you at this point kind of think has the the lead at the free safety spot?
1: The Sean Davis thing last year kind of really scarred me because I want to say, you know, like Bobby McCain. But then I'm like, Bobby McCain might get cut, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I but I don't I don't necessarily think that who has the lead. I'm going to say Bobby McCain. I'll say Bobby McCain because his versatility one He can play nickel for you, come down. and So they like probably his coverage skills. He also has that leadership energy. He's I mean, if you just watch him talk or there was a mic'd up segment with him, too, and he's just like very much football like all the way he's about it i think he'll be you know in terms of getting guys lined up i think they'll like to have that veteran veteran presence back there because you probably have camera curl next to him so i'm gonna go with bobby mccain starting at free safety i also wouldn't yeah i'll go with Bobby mccain
0: does landon's money give him the starting strong safety spot i think everybody assumes Mm -hmm. that curl played well enough to keep the job But it would not be shocking in a league based off of uh, egos and contracts (laughs) that Landon's big money gets him back in. And it's not as though the Buffalo nickel isn't used, you know, 60% of the time anyway. So I'm curious your thoughts there.
1: Yeah. So I'm kind of wondering if Landon's going to start on the pup. That's my first question. And then if he starts training camp on the pup, will he start the season on the pup? If he doesn't though, if he doesn't, I think we're going to see a lot of of Landon at strong and Curl at Buffalo. I think by all means they're going to get Cameron Curl on the field. So I don't think it will be an issue of him not being on the field, but I could see Landon still starting at strong safety because I think they probably like Curl better at that Buffalo nickel spot because I think he's better in coverage than Landon Collins is. So sure. I could there. see that. Right, right. I could see that happening if Landon Collins doesn't start in the pup where he starts at strong. He, you know, he still does provide a veteran presence, a leadership that you like to have. Um, So I could see that happening, yes.
0: All right, Todd, let's wrap with this. What makes a good season for the Washington football team this Mm. year?
1: I love this question. I love to ask people this question, though. I don't know if I've been asked a question. Okay, so a good season, first of all, is no steps back in terms of record. Um, I think if you can win at least – I'll say at least one more game really ideally to get to nine wins and make the playoffs. Then that's a a really successful season. I even think if you win nine and it came down to week 17 and you kind of end up losing a close game or something, I think the season is still a success, but true success for me is, is uh, more wins and the playoffs kind of showing last year, wasn't a fluke.
0: I am with you. I I think 10 wins is, is reasonable. And, mm-hmm. um and and it'd be nice to win another division and I think 10 wins would. probably would do that Todd, this was a whole lot of fun today tell the folks was, at home where was. to find you and what you guys got coming up next
1: so at tay in the letter in Todd podcast on Twitter um on YouTube tay and Todd podcast and we're not on Instagram and that's we're just not on Instagram right now uh and then so coming up we've got I mean we're going to be doing a lot I'm a lot more Film Breakdown stuff on YouTube. YouTube is the place to really try to follow us at the moment because we're putting our podcasts on there and we're putting Film Breakdown stuff and other stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'm still sorting everything out, but we've definitely got some stuff cooking and um, a couple of guests that I'm excited about here in these next couple weeks, too. So this was a lot of fun. Doug. I'm glad it finally happened. I'm sorry Tate couldn't be here. He's got so much going on. He's getting married. He's traveling a lot, but I'm glad I came on. Thanks so much.
0: Absolutely. Thank you,
1: bud. <laughs> Thank you.